32 games in the books, and now we get ready for 16 more on the weekend, whittling a field that was 64 on Thursday at noon, down to 16 in the Sweet 16 in the NCAA tournament. Welcome into college basketball, coast to coast, the latest edition of our digital radio show and podcast. I'm your somewhat lucid host, TJ Reeves, after 32 games at eight different sites in two days, and now we need to regroup. We need to reload and get ready for eight more Saturday and eight more on Sunday. I'm going to enlist the capable help of Mark Wise, my analyst, here as part of the coverage on College Basketball Coast to Coast, and tune in. Mark is working the Florida-Michigan game Saturday afternoon, Des Moines, Iowa, the first game up on the floor in that 10-2 versus matchup with the Gators having beaten Nevada and Michigan having rolled in their opening round game as a two-seed. So I look forward to his insight on that game, all the games of Saturday, and also look ahead to Sunday. We're more in the preview mode on this show, so Mark Wise will be with me all Also, Deshaun Tate uh, will be here from Atlanta. Love Tate's takes. Uh, He will be previewing Saturday and Sunday games, including the upset-minded teams like Murray State and Liberty and that matchup with Cal State, Irvine, Cal Irvine, and Oregon in the game out in San Jose that will actually be the final game of the weekend to be played. The 16th of 16 games Sunday night will be a 12 against a 13, so Deshaun will be here uh, later on in the podcast to help me preview these different games. So, again, certain themes come through. Once again, the upsets. Don't ever pick only favorites all the way across the board, whether you're talking about Liberty or Murray State or Oregon, all 12 seeds that won, a 13 seed in Irvine that also won. How about Gardner-Webb with with uh, Virginia on the ropes for the whole first half of that game in Columbia, South Carolina? How about Duke having trouble uh, for a lot of their opening game uh, as well with North Dakota State? Same thing, North Carolina losing in the first half to Iona, but in all three cases, the ACC teams recovered in the second half of those games. So we're going to talk a lot about that uh, and, and about those one seeds advancing. You know this, out of all the ones and all the twos, and we left Gonzaga out, they were very impressive in their opening game as a one seed, but uh, the other two seeds, whether it's Kentucky uh, or Michigan, any of the any of the ones and the twos, just be very careful with what's going to unfold here uh, because they don't all survive all the way through to the Final Four, and maybe it's one of these second-round matchups, the likes of a UCF or a Washington or an Oklahoma against a one seed, some of these... Uh, Matchups like Tennessee against Iowa, that's the first game coming up on Saturday if you're hearing us on Saturday. And again, the first of many disclaimers, you may be hearing this show and you already know results from Saturday. We're in the preview mode on College Basketball Coast to Coast, and we don't necessarily know uh, those matchups um, right now and what happened with those. So you're hearing us in the preview mode for Saturday and specifically for Sunday. Sunday, you're going to know all the results from Saturday, even though we're talking about them on the show. But just enjoy the preview as we go along here. And however you found the show through Spreaker com cbbtoday.com uh again uh find the show and subscribe to the show as well at um uh, itunes and stitcher just search college basketball coast to coast and you will find us on itunes and stitcher the show will come automatically to you we'll have another recap show on monday coming off the weekend at that point we'll know the sweet 16 so again however you found us subscribe and spread the word about college basketball Uh, coast to coast so such a blur of games i'm going to talk with mark wise about the tom Izzo controversy coming up love the little guy again for all the talk about the power six conferences and i include the big east in the power six uh, along with the likes of the acc the sec the big 10 the big 12 and the pac 12 
Look at the little guys. Look at the Murray States and, and the UC Irvines and the Liberties and the Chans. I mean, Belmont very nearly, I know, shoulda, coulda, woulda, doesn't count. But Belmont had the ball in the final 15 seconds with the chance to win against Maryland. Look look at New Mexico State with the ball, with a chance to win against Auburn a couple of times in the final five seconds, missing the free throws, missing the last second shot. Give the little guys the same sluggers opportunity. Look at those 16 seeds, the charm of the tournament, and how well they play. No, they didn't win, but this is what makes it great. Everybody gets the shot to be on the big stage. What will Wofford do in this matchup uh, with Kentucky that's coming up on Saturday afternoon? Again, you may already know that result and Wofford clobbered them. How will Liberty do out west in San Jose with Virginia Tech out of the ACC? Somebody out of Irvine and Oregon's in the Sweet 16, and maybe it's going to be the Anteaters out of the Big West of UC Irvine. We'll find out, but the little guys make it the charm of the tournament. This is what makes it great. So we mark on to narrow down to 16 teams let's get into the preview mode as we go along here on college basketball coast to coast Uh, a reminder too if you're looking for tickets by the way for any of these regional sites today or tomorrow the eight different sites from hartford to san jose from jacksonville to des moines tulsa to columbia uh, south carolina uh, columbus ohio uh, wherever you're looking salt lake city for tickets go to our friends at vivid c and Vivid Seats app and use the promo code TJBasketball10. You're going to take 10% off your ticket order up to $50. First-time users with Vivid Seats. The great seats are going to be hard to come by, but they've got selection. They've got great customer satisfaction and service. They've got 100% money-back guarantee. You're you're 100% secure and safe with Vivid Seats. Again, use the promo code TJBasketball10 for all those different games across the eight regional sites this weekend. That promo code will help you save an additional 10% up to $50 off your first-time order with Vivid Seats. They're a proud sponsor of College Basketball Coast to Coast. Let's get to it with our guest, Preview Mode, Saturday and Sunday on College Basketball Coast to Coast. Yep, we're getting ready for eight more on Saturday, including in Des Moines, where they have a very intriguing couple of games uh, two of them involving powerhouse Big Ten teams, three Big Ten teams, actually, that are going to be on the floor, including the Florida Gators. And, oh, looky here. My analysts love this man's insight. Coverage on ESPN, the family of networks, the SEC Network, Florida Gators Radio, works with me all the time and has for years on Sirius XM, Fox Sports Radio, and now TuneIn's coverage of the NCAA tournament in the Final Four. Mark Wise is back with me. He will be on the call along with Mick Hubert of the Florida Michigan game that shall be coming up just after 5 Eastern time in Des Moines. And Mark joins me right now. Have we sufficiently recovered from 32 games over the course of Thursday and Friday uh, trying to digest all of this, including the upsets? How are you? I'm doing great, TJ. You know, one of the things that I've always complained about, and I really shouldn't complain, but when you're involved in the tournament, when the team that uh, – perhaps you cover is in the tournament, you don't get the same flavor uh, of being around the tournament. You don't get the same flavor of finding your favorite watering hole and, and doing nothing but watching games and, and, and let's just say uh, maybe some adult beverages. So when, when uh, a Thursday came around, I didn't get to see a whole lot of games uh, because I was at the arena most of the time. I did go and watch the Louisville uh, Minnesota game firsthand, 11:15 in the morning, and was absolutely amazed at the crowd. Didn't really realize that 
I need to do a better job with geography because I didn't realize <laughs> Minneapolis is three and a half hours away from Des Moines. So the place was packed and typically on the uh, opening day at, at arena where you've got an 11, 15 a.m. start, it might be a half full or three quarter full at best. And yet this place was absolutely rocking because of Minnesota. It was almost, it actually was a home game, 70%. So all of that being said, Friday, I more than made up for it. Oh. I did nothing but watch games and eat. <laughs> and that's a great thing. So we'll get to the Friday games uh, and the matchups for Sunday in just a second. But let's go back to Thursday uh, a little bit. So you were in the arena for part of the Michigan State game, but you went back to the hotel, as you were telling me just before this interview began, to get ready for the Florida game that night with Nevada. Obviously, social media went berserk. The internet went berserk and everybody every which direction with the Tom Izzo stuff as his team was battling tooth and nail with Bradley, a 15 seed. I would think most of the audience here on College Basketball Coast to Coast is already familiar with what we're talking about. But if you're not, he got on one of his players, Anthony Henry, a freshman, very strongly during a timeout as they walked over to the timeout huddle and even in the timeout huddle. Everybody that was paying attention to this saw this, weighed in on it. Uh, Mark, give me your feelings. You used to coach. You've broadcasted for a long time. You've been around all this. Go ahead. Well, TJ, uh, certainly if you've ever coached, you, you've been on that fine line of losing control uh, in terms of coaching hard. Um, Tom Izzo certainly coaches his team hard, always has. No, no surprise there. I think the one thing that bothered me, and, and maybe some people will think this is just a small thing, but his fist was bald. Yes. And so, you know, what's, what's, where's, where's the fine line there? Now, nothing happened, but that reminded me of Woody Hayes. And, and we all know how that happened and, and how that ended. So uh, that's the one, that's the only part of that whole thing that bothered me. And if I were, uh, again, we've talked about this, if I were in the administration uh, at Michigan State, you've got to talk to Izzo about that. So you just can't do that. And sometimes, you know, individuals are angry and they will do that as a reflex. They'll ball their fist trying to hold their anger in. But I'm with you. You're a half step away from maybe trying to take a swing or a punch. And I'm not trying to read more into this. And I have tremendous respect for Izzo and the job that he's done. And look, he's been under fire, as has the whole. They, they basically changed all the Michigan State administration because of the scandal involving the gymnastics coach and USA Gymnastics and uh, sexual assault allegations every which direction. So they, they have had a lot of turmoil. He's a tremendous basketball coach. The one, thing, the one thing, Mark, and I want you to come at it from the coaching angle and then we'll move on, that I did not understand. You had so much time left in that game, and the number one way for a coach to get through to a player, is it not, is to put them on the bench. If you're not doing what I want you to do and I'm this angry, forget about me trying to get in your face. I will get your attention by you're not going to play right now, even if it's just for a segment of the game, three minutes or four minutes. I was surprised that for all that anger, and and it was apparently also over him not playing defense, him not getting back on defense, him not guarding his guy. Why not bench him to get him, get to uh, him more, get through to him more, and send the message to the rest of the team? Your thought on that real quick. Well, you're coming at it, TJ, from a logical perspective. After the fact, yeah. coaching at the, in the moment is an emotional uh, game. There's no, it's an emotional profession. There's no question about it. It is one of the reasons why 
uh, I no longer lose sleep at night. <laughs> so from that standpoint, uh, I agree with you logically, but having gone through the emotional part of that moment, I can certainly understand it. But, I mean, as a head coach, you, you have to also be mindful of, uh, I'm trying to win the game. It's a close game at this point. If he's not guarding who he's supposed to guard, then tactically, you also have to... It's almost like that got lost in all of the the anger and the and the... Uh, and being upset about it, it almost got lost that maybe tactically and for the good of the team, he should sit down for a minute or two. I mean, we say this all the time on broadcast, don't we? And we watch it all the time, just generally speaking. Well, you take that kind of shot, you're going to go sit down. You don't hustle back. You're going to you're going to go sit right. down. Is that is that just lost in general terms in the college game now, particularly? Yeah, I think it is lost, and I'll tell you what else is lost. I, I hope that this cloud that that is uh, that exists right now. Uh, certainly goes away a little bit because this might be Tom Izzo's finest coaching job in yeah. terms of all that they have dealt with this season. Yeah, they've lost a star player down the stretch and continued to win, won the Big Ten, won the Big Ten tournament, and we'll we'll see what happens. Um, all right, I promise I'm going to get to the games of Saturday and Sunday because we're more in the preview mode here on College Basketball Coast to Coast in just a second. But, Mark, give me anything uh, that, that stood out from the upsets of the first two days or anything else that you want to weigh in on, and then we'll get to Saturday. Go ahead. Well, uh of things you can only play the game that is presented to you and i go back and and talk about and i talked about this i didn't think it was right for cincinnati to be playing so close to home in columbus uh i didn't think it was fair to tennessee and yet tennessee doesn't play <laughs> cincinnati now so again I, we get so wrapped up in looking ahead that was one thing that stood out and then the, I didn't I, I I don't think there's any question nobody had more pressure on them in the in the first round than Virginia. And yet Virginia was able to regroup and survive why? Because they they are a different team offensively. Uh Hunter makes them a different kind of animal on the offensive end. Uh probably um maybe they're better off having gone through it a year ago a year ago and now they were able to regroup but to get down 14 in the first half in that game against Gardner Webb after all that they have had to live with for a year actually a pretty impressive second half well especially uh, i mean i was relating this on social media i'll say it here it, it was like it was the third half of the umbc game it's like it picked up right where the umbc game left off where gardner webb was embarrassing them on defense making three pointers and the virginia body language and even tony bennett's vacant look at times on the sideline mark was almost like here we go again in the first half right. the good news is they had a whole second half they could regroup at halftime they had a whole second half, and they were much more composed, uh, much more ready to go, making shots, and they looked like a number one seed in that win. So, well said, well said uh, on that. And then, and then we saw the different upsets, which we'll get to here in just a moment on on how they all play out. All right, so where you are in the pod, where you are, Florida, Michigan, Michigan State, and Minnesota. Give me a thought or two on the game that you have first, Florida, Michigan, real quick. Well, again, these are two teams that um, their calling card is their defense. I, I don't think there's any question the first team to 60 wins. I think Michigan's a little more potent. I know they're more potent offensively. And, you know, it was my first time to see uh, Iggy and company in person. Uh, Brad Dacus, I'm talking about, of course, from Michigan. 
And typically, TJ, if I say to you, he really plays downhill off the bounce, you, I think you will picture a point guard, explosive, uh, down the middle of the lane. That's our concept of, of playing downhill. What Brasdakis does, because of his size and athleticism, he's a little quicker, a little bouncier than people think at six foot seven. He gets on the wing, out on the break, and he plays downhill fearless, drives to the basket, has the body that can absorb contact. So always a tough matchup. And I like this Michigan team because I think they're defined in their roles. Uh, where Nevada was a team that had interchangeable parts and, and, and you, you know, who was the point guard this possession? Who's going to shoot at this possession? Uh, Michigan has a much better defined set of roles, whether you're talking about Simpson at the point Teske in the middle, the wing scorers in terms of Poole and Matthews. Um, you know, it's a it's a two ten game, and the ten team should be favored. Uh, I think they play four out of seven. I think Michigan probably wins four one, but it only takes the one, as we know, in the NCAA tournament. Yep, very true. And again, another qualifier. You may be hearing us as Saturday goes on and already know that result. You may be hearing us on Sunday as we promote college basketball coast to coast and you know these results of what's happening. We're in the preview mode for Saturday and Sunday real quick here with Mark Wise as part of this. And again, he's in Des Moines, Iowa. He'll be on the call of the Florida-Michigan game. Uh, Give me 30 seconds on Minnesota and Michigan State. Uh, After that, uh, you saw the Minnesota team go berserk making three-pointers. I guess it begins and ends there. Uh, Michigan State's got a neutralize that or they got real problems with what you laid out about crowd involvement and all that in Des Moines it's a road game for Michigan State no question about it and if people are wondering why are these two teams league teams playing in the second round you can do that as the NCAA selection committee can if you only played one time during the regular season so these two teams only met once in the Big Ten imbalance schedule that's the reason why they meet here uh, again, Minnesota's going to ride the wave of the uh, uh, crowd, and I think the longer they can stay in the game, uh, I, I give Minnesota a shot here. There you go. All right, in Jacksonville, in North Florida, just real quick, Maryland, LSU, that kind of kicks the day off, followed by Fletcher McGee and Wofford against Big Bad Kentucky. Uh, give me, again, 30 seconds on anything that interests you with either of those real quick. Well, I think LSU just has um, uh, too much talent, I think, for Maryland. And and I say that with all due respect to Maryland, um, who got by Belmont there late in the game. LSU is just so good. You just don't know what you're going to get with LSU. That's the qualifier. I do give – if P.J. Washington doesn't play for Kentucky, you know how I feel about teams that are damaged good. Yep. That means that Reed Travis or – uh, other uh, Nick Richards inside or uh, EJ Montgomery, they're going to have to guard three-point shooters. The difference for Wofford is Cameron Jackson, meaning he, they have a big body that's a more of a major uh, conference body going block to block, and so he will be able to perform. He's got to stay out of foul trouble. But again, if you're looking for an upset, I think Wofford's got a shot. Ooh, could happen. All right, on the buffet in front of you in Hartford, we got Murray State and John Morant, who had the triple-double, including 16 assists against Florida State, who struggled at times to put Vermont away. 
That game, interesting in Hartford. The defending champs, Villanova against Purdue in Hartford. Uh, Gonzaga, the one seed in Salt Lake, playing Baylor. Also, Auburn, who barely survived against New Mexico State despite helter-skelter at the end of the game, in-game situation or whatever. Auburn and Kansas late night uh, in Salt Lake as well. So we've got all of those games going on. What is there something that stands out from one of those games? Real quick for Saturday before we move on to Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go to the very last one. I don't think Kansas has played anybody remotely close to the way Auburn plays. They shoot 33s a game. I think Auburn's going to get Kansas in this game. Auburn survived that mess of the last five minutes that they played against New Mexico State. Remember, I always say that somewhere along the way you got to catch a break. I think Auburn caught their mm. break, and I think they're I think they're going to get Kansas. Maybe two breaks. They foul a three point shooter with one second left, and he doesn't even oh, make yeah. two of them. And then they knock the ball out and allow a wide open shot for the loss for Auburn, and it doesn't go in. Wow, on that. Again, preview mode with Mark Wise. couple more minutes. College basketball coast-to-coast. And again, however you found us, subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. If you found us through Spreaker.com uh, and also uh, through CBBToday.com with Joe Nardone, Matt Zimmick, and his crew, if they've linked you to us, subscribe as well. The podcast comes to you. We're in the preview mode for Saturday and Sunday. You may already know the Saturday results. So again, Mark, Mark is probably sounding great like he did when he picked Oregon and Cal State Irvine. Uh, UC Irvine to win and play 12, each other. 12-13, yeah, 12, 13 is alive for Sunday. So Mark may be sounding great. I may be sounding hilariously bad. We're in the preview mode. So let's get to Sunday. Before we get to those games, the 12-13 matchup that is in San Jose, California, we've got Iowa-Tennessee. You mentioned Iowa. Great performance in the second half to beat Cincinnati. They will now play Tennessee. That's the first game up in Columbus, followed by Washington, who rallied in the second half to beat Utah State and North Carolina. Carolina had their problems as the game went on with their 16 seed before finally uh, putting things away over Iona. Those games are up first in Columbus on Sunday. A quick thought from you. Well, I think uh, I agree with you. I think North Carolina surviving. Uh, I don't think they're going to have much trouble with Washington, a, a game of tempo, if you will. I don't think Tennessee will have a lot of problems with Iowa. Um, and the UCF-Duke game is very intriguing to me. I, I think it all boils down to minutes played for Taco Fall. I know he played 28 in the game against uh, BCU in that win. Congratulations, by the way, to Johnny Dawkins and what a storyline that is in terms of Dawkins playing Duke. So I'm saying Taco Fall's got to play 25 minutes. I think what Duke is going to do, they're going to have the bodies to drive the ball at Taco Fall. I, I, I just don't know that Taco can stay out of foul trouble. And once he goes out of the game, uh, as, as would any team that has a seven foot six center, uh, the, the game will change. And therefore, I, I, I think that's the key. If Taco plays 25 minutes or more, I think UCF can hang around. If he doesn't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you look, Duke struggled in the whole first half uh, of their of their one versus sixteen game at North Carolina losing the whole for as as Virginia did so sixteen seeds were right there slugging it out with the one seeds and even Tennessee had Colgate come back and take the lead on them as a fifteen seed late in that game anybody can uh, yep. can play with anybody that's for sure um, all right again out of the other games on Sunday Buffalo and Texas Tech Buffalo very impressive Nate Oates C J Massenberg the player Buffalo was very impressive over Arizona State Texas Tech. 
Tech had some problems with Northern Kentucky, but eventually went on a run in the second half, put them away. Liberty, great win in San Jose, California. Again, we got upset galore bracket. We know either a 13 or 12 gets in out of Irvine or Oregon out of the Sweet 16. You've got Liberty and all that great outside shooting against Virginia Tech in the other game, plus Oklahoma, Virginia, and Ohio State and Houston for Sunday. What else intrigues you? Maybe a game or two for Sunday, Mark Wise. Two games. One is Buffalo and Texas Tech. I, I think this Buffalo team is really good. I think they have the answer for what Texas Tech brings to the uh, floor defensively. I, I think Nate Oates is going to take his team to the Sweet 16. And then Oregon. I've been on Oregon. You you heard me say yep. this. They redefine themselves late in the year. Pritchett, Wooten, and company. Uh, I think they're going to uh, send UC Irvine back home and the Ducks, Dana Altman, I think they're going to the Sweet 16. How about Irvine completely outplaying a veteran Kansas State team? You mentioned no Dean Wade, but they had you know Barry Brown, Barry Brown, and a couple of other players back, and and Irvine completely outplayed them, rallied and beat them in the final two or three minutes. What a story! First NCAA tournament win for them, and that is a thirteen against a twelve. Oklahoma destroyed Ole Miss. Do they do they have something for Virginia, or do you think late night in Columbia, South Carolina, Sunday night that that Virginia will be fine and will find its way to the Sweet Sixteen? Quick thought oklahoma made their first eight shots against ole miss i promise you they're not making their first eight shots against virginia are you saying that virginia might guard them a little better a little differently could it possibly that's, could be that's what i'm saying uh, 16 more games eight of them saturday eight of them sunday we will know the sweet 16 by monday again this man on the call of the florida michigan game saturday in des moines i lean on him for all the analysis Let's get ready for two more days of the mayhem, Mark Wise. Thank you. Thanks, TJ. One more time, college basketball coast-to-coast being brought to you in part by Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app. Use the promo code TJBasketball10. Take 10% off your order from all these regional sites. If you're looking for tickets, go on the Vivid Seats uh, website or mobile app. Use the promo code TJBasketball10 and take 10% off your order up to $50. First-time orders on Vivid Seats. Again, enjoy all the great benefits. Get those tickets to the games with Vivid Seats and the Vivid Vivid Seats mobile app. Been looking forward to get this guy back on with me on College Basketball Coast to Coast. He, too, has survived 32 games over the course of about 40 hours of play uh, or so. Incredible. The first two days of the first round of the NCAA tournament are in the books. Deshaun Tate is back with me. Mr. Tate's Take Sports is back from 92.9 The Game, the FM sports talk station in Atlanta over the air. Does a great job, uh, obviously, with them covering the college hoops. He's back with me. All right, we're trying to get ready for eight more games today and tomorrow. Before we get to that, uh, anything that you want off the buffet from the first two days, what what stood out, and maybe a couple of things stood out real quick, Deshaun, what, what stood out from Thursday and Friday? We had upsets. We had number one seeds on the ropes that rallied to win. What what stood out? Well, you know, the, the, the main thing is just the fact that there's been a lot of chalk uh, in all of this. Uh, I, I obviously had, uh, I think I told you this uh, in, in our show the other day, that I had some probably too many upsets at this point, you know, teams between, uh, you know, New Mexico State and, you know, obviously a, a few others as well. Belmont that I thought was really, really good, uh, had a good opportunity to come away with an upset. But just the fact that there's been, you know, a lot of chalk here and, 
And I expected uh, there to be some really interesting stuff. And I think that we got that, especially from the standpoint of seeing the number one seeds against six teams. We saw Duke struggle in the first half. We saw North Carolina struggle in the first half. Obviously, Virginia probably should have mentioned them at the top of that list, considering they were down by double digits for a good span. Uh, but we didn't see that out of Gonzaga. And if there was one team I think that was going to struggle more than any in the first round, I thought that would have probably been Gonzaga. So uh, those are just a couple takeaways. I mean, that, and it just shows you that's why the tournament, you don't know. You, you don't know. I mean, that, that Virginia game, again, I was just talking about it with Mark Wise. Your thought, it, it looked like the third half of the UMBC game. Like Gardner-Webb picked mm-hmm. up where UMBC left off. Uh, Deshaun 12 months ago the good news though obviously is Virginia had plenty of time to recover make corrections at halftime and boy did they and then they turned it on and made shots but those are my thoughts give me a quick thought on what you saw out of that yeah I think it it definitely showed that the experience from last year kind of paid off I know that was some of the conversation that Ty Jerome and Kyle Guy were having and that we're not going to play any other style except for ours. We've been playing that way since before the UMBC game, before this game, uh, going into the next game. That isn't going to change. But outside of that, how much the the, the uh, boss against UMBC really helped prepare them in terms of, you know, staying confident, keeping their calm, and just kind of, you know, sticking to uh, the game plan. And obviously that helped them out a lot. But you know, my biggest concern with them with coming into the first game was, will they play to win or will they play not to lose? I'm sure that Gardner-Webb uh, did a lot of film watching uh, on, in that one versus 16 game against UMBC from last year. Yep, and they and they had them on the ropes, but it's a 40-minute game and, and uh, great recovery, obviously by Virginia to move on. All right, so let's get into Saturday. And again, on the full Saturday slate, you're listening to us here as part of College Basketball Coast to Coast. You may already know the results as you're listening throughout the day. You may be listening on Sunday in the buildup, and we're talking about Saturday games. Deshaun and I don't know the results at the time that we're talking. Another disclaimer here on the Saturday games, uh, and especially uh, the early Saturday games. So Maryland LSU up first in Jacksonville, followed by Wofford and Kentucky on that same floor. Later in the day florida and michigan will play in des moines murray state and florida state are in hartford a 12 against a four baylor plays that gonzaga team that deshaun made reference to in the first game up in salt lake city about seven eastern time five local time on saturday the second game in des moines is minnesota michigan state uh, in the evening, bounce back to Hartford Villanova. The defending champs is the sixth seed against Purdue, another Big Ten team. Seven Big Ten wins, by the way, in the opening round uh, for that conference. So Villanova, Purdue, and Hartford. And the final game of the night on Saturday night is Auburn and Kansas in Salt Lake City. Deshaun, give me a game or two that stand out for you as we preview it. What are you most intrigued by for a game or two? I'll let you pick from whichever one of those you like. I like the, the Wofford and Kentucky matchup. I think that uh, Wofford is a team that can certainly come out. Uh, and everybody's talking about, you know, P.J. Washington. P.J. Washington or no P.J. Washington, I think that with the way that Wofford scores, as many threes they put up, they've got three or four guys on their team that average, you know, a 39% in, in, in shooting from three. And I, I just I really like everything they bring to the table. And, you know, there's still a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth about Kentucky. I know that, you know, they're not the same team that I saw the first game of the season, but I was at that Champions Classic, and I saw what Duke did to them by hanging 118 on them and beating them by 34. Now, granted, 
Obviously, Wofford is not Duke, and I, I think that that's pretty obvious if you can't tell by looking at the roster and all the McDonald's All-Americans, but they're confident, and you have to pay close attention to teams like that that are confident. They beat North Carolina last year on the road. Uh, all these things, to me, go a, a, a really good ways. And then just thinking about the job that Villanova has been able to do, uh, you know, uh, with looking at, you know, Purdue, Carson Edwards, undersized, obviously, got a big heart, but you know, Matt Harms is really good, but outside of those two, I don't really see a lot of production. And obviously, uh, Edwards hasn't been playing nearly as good of a game uh, as of late. But, you know, Villanova's a team that's experienced. Obviously, everybody knows that. Getting back to the Sweet 16, uh, you know, it, it, imagining this team, you know, uh, having an opportunity to get back to the Sweet 16, it's, 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 it's just crazy to think about them and what they've been able to do under that head coach and, and, uh, and Jay Wright. And last but not least, I like the Florida and Michigan matchup. I think that what Florida presents, the kind of problems and challenges that they present with the opposition uh, from a defensive standpoint is really good. If they can get these guys to not go to the league and stick around, it, they can be making some noise next year. But as far as this year, Michigan's a team that's coming off of, uh, you know, obviously a, a big win against Montana, but, you know, a loss in the national championship game, returning a lot of their players. Charles Matthews is healthy, and I always felt like they are one of six teams in the country that can cut down the nets. Obviously got a really good coach and everything else all across the board from a roster standpoint. So I think that's going to be good. What is that? I think it's a, a rematch of sorts. Uh, same matchup anyways that you had in the Chick-fil-A bowl game. So I think we've been seeing Florida <laughs> against Michigan quite a bit. We have. We saw him on the football field in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Now we see him on the basketball court with a chance at the Sweet 16. That went in uh, Des Moines. You didn't mention Murray State, John Moran, and we can't mention everything about every game all the time, but I just want a quick thought mm-hmm. from you. He played so great in that opening upset in the 12-5 uh, matchup for Murray State against Marquette. Now they go against Florida State. Give me a quick answer. Do they have a chance against Florida State's size and length, or will Leonard Hamilton's team squeeze off Morant and move on to the Sweet 16? Quick thought from you in the preview mode. A chance I think they have just because they've got to get off the bus, and they're a pretty good team. It's not like they're a bad team. You know, they, they, they are a pretty good team. I'm just afraid that Florida State is uh, a little bit too lengthy for them. You know, they're, they're very tall. They're very athletic. Uh, and, and, you know, they're on a heck of a winning streak, you know, quite a bit themselves, obviously, outside of losing to Duke, but uh, in, in the conference championship, tournament championship game. But, you know, realistically speaking, I just think that they're going to be a little bit too much. The reason why I give Murray State somewhat of a chance, now I don't like their chance as much as I like Wofford's, but I do think that they have a chance based on uh, the fact that Florida State isn't exactly the most disciplined team that I see year in and year out. However, Florida State has a different kind of experience after going to uh, the Elite Eight last year. And again, Phil Kofer hurt, injured foot, and then tragically, Deshaun, his father also passed away. They're in Hartford. He's dealing with that. He is not likely to play in this game, and that makes a difference for Florida State in the matchup with Murray State. We'll see what happens with that. I want to get to Sunday again. Deshaun Tate with me. Follow him at Tate's Take Sports on Twitter and on Instagram, on social 
social media. Uh, he's part of the station 92.9 The Game in Atlanta. Love his insight on college basketball coast to coast. He's with me for a couple more minutes. Sunday slate. I'll walk you through it again. It begins in Columbus, Ohio with two games. Iowa and Tennessee up first, followed by Washington and North Carolina after that. Those are actually standalone games. The whole country will see them. There's no other game going on while those two games play out in Columbus. Then Duke and UCF will play up first in Columbia, South Carolina. Buffalo and Texas Tech after that in the early evening in Tulsa, followed by Liberty as a 12 seed against Virginia Tech in San Jose. And the last three games back in Columbia, South Carolina, the one seed Virginia will play Oklahoma Sunday night, Houston and uh, Ohio State in Tulsa Sunday night, and then the bracket buster Deshaun, UC Irvine and Oregon will go last. Eight out of eight in San Jose, 6.40 local time, 9.40 Eastern time. Again, in the preview mode for Sunday, a game or two that you like and why out of all of that that I just listed out of the eight. Go ahead, sir. Well, I didn't really think that Virginia and Oklahoma would be the more, you know, one of the more intriguing matchups, but based on the fact of how we saw Virginia struggle for most of that game uh, in the first round against Gardner-Webb, and then Oklahoma took care of Ole Miss by scoring 95 points and beat them by about 30, something else I didn't really expect. And I think Trey Young told me personally that that's something that he did expect. So uh, he knows a whole lot better than I do. Uh, I, I like what UC Irvine is doing, obviously, from a from a uh, w- with what they were able to do and come away uh, with a win in their game. But I think that Oregon might be a little bit too much. I think they have one of the three most athletic players in this whole tournament, and Kenny Wooten, a guy that can swat shots and dunk all over. You kind of reminds me of a Tyrus Thomas type from 2006. Very nice, love that, that reference. Love it, swat shots. Yeah, yeah, swat shots away, man, and probably a, a, a swat them out so far, probably knock over somebody's uh, uh, nachos on the side or something, <laughs> probably knock it out. Hey, that Just game, if I can interject, that game fan. that game is the last game Sunday night, so most of the country, mm-hmm. if not all of the country, will see most or all of that game, and it is tremendous. This is what the tournament is about because these two teams aren't expected to be in the Final Four. They're not even really expected mm-hmm. to be in the Sweet 16, but one of them is going to be. A 13 against... This is what makes the tournament great, Deshaun, real quick. We're going to get to see absolutely. that game. Absolutely. And I, no, I'm, I'm excited about it because, you know, those are two teams that I didn't pick. I, I struggled with the Wisconsin-Oregon pick a little bit, but I didn't see Irvine getting in uh, or, or coming out of that first round, although I didn't have Kim, uh, uh, Kansas State going very far. However, Buffalo looked like one of the most impressive teams uh, that we saw in the first weekend, obviously, to go along with Oklahoma, like I said. But Texas Tech, I picked to go to the Final Four, and I think they have a really good team, especially from a defensive standpoint. When you look at David, and then you know you're, yeah. you're, you're looking at uh, you're, you're looking at Jared Culver, and just the way that they play. Mooney is another guy, a transfer who can fill it up as well. So. That's going to be really interesting to me. And then after seeing North Carolina struggle, you know, you're looking at a game against Washington. Washington being a team in the Pac-12, the Pac-12 was down quite a bit already this year, but there was a reason for why they were hand over fist way ahead of everybody else in the conference. And, and and they were kind of playing with house money. They, hey, they look good. Bit. I can interject again. They look good Friday night. They shot sure, it well. Sure. They, I mean, they played exceptionally well, and North Carolina may have their hands full again in Columbus, Ohio. 
Yeah, I agree. You know, in North Carolina, when you look at, I always kind of felt like a team like North Carolina. It's not the North Carolina of old that we're used to seeing. Now they do get out in transition, and they're one of the best rebounding teams in the country. Number one, actually, and specifically on the offensive end in terms of rebounding and crashing the glass, cleaning that up. Uh, but in addition to that, I'm not sure that I trust Luke May leading the, being the guy, the head guy to lead this right. team. You're looking at Kobe White, a freshman point guard. I just don't see them against an experienced team. Now, can they be Washington? Sure. But I think that we're getting to a point between North Carolina and Tennessee, who also struggled, that we'll see later on today as well. I think that we're seeing where they have loopholes, and they may have actually peaked a little bit too early going into this tournament. And last but certainly not least for North Carolina, I know Nasir Little stepped up 19 points from him in uh, the very first round, but it's just kind of like he's been non-existent. He's coming off the bench. He's expected to be a lottery pick coming into the year. I don't know what's going on there, but I think that this is where we're starting to see some vulnerability out of some top teams, specifically Tennessee as well as North Carolina moving forward. All right, I got one more fun one because, again, this is in the preview mode. If you're hearing us as the day goes on, uh, we don't know the results of Sunday, uh, much less uh, we don't know the results of Saturday, much less Sunday here as we're previewing these. Again, a Tennessee is a two-seed taking on a 10-seed Iowa. You just mentioned North Carolina against a nine-seed Washington. That's on the same court in Columbus. Duke, a one-seed in Columbia South Carolina with a nine seed UCF Virginia, the one seed with a nine seed Oklahoma. If one of those teams with the little number next to their name is going to lose, have fun with me and pick one. Is it Tennessee, North Carolina, Duke, or Virginia? Or maybe you think they're all going to be four for four. Something says to me, one of them might lose. Do you have one out of Tennessee, Carolina, Duke, Virginia? I got to say, Probably, I think I think it's a tie. Really, I think it's a tie between the two I mentioned: North Carolina, Washington, and then and then Tennessee and Iowa. Okay. I really believe that Iowa's a team that started off really hot. They've been up and down quite a bit this year, but they're you know still sticking around. Obviously, they're in the Big Ten, uh, and, and they've played really tough you know down the stretch this year. Tennessee is strong in their experience, but I just something about between Admiral Schofield and. And and uh, and Grant Williams, the SEC Player of the Year. I think between those two, you get one of those guys in foul trouble, and the other one not necessarily having a great game. Those are your only two options. I think North Carolina has a little bit more options than that. Uh, I, I think Tennessee is by by just a little bit of a pinch. I think Tennessee is probably the team that I would expect a little bit more. Hey, than North Carolina, North Carolina is not out of not, sure. not out of reach for sure. I don't mean to interrupt, but that Iowa team put it on Cincinnati in the second half with Bo, Bo Hannon and Weiskamp. Uh, making the threes. They got three or four guys that can make the threes. And Tennessee gave away the lead to Colgate and was losing in that building. Uh, let's just see. Let's see what it looks like. That's the first game up on Sunday. And I, I'm curious to see, Can will UCF have something for Duke in that matchup? As Mark Wise was saying to us before, the biggest key is Taco Fall. If he's in foul trouble, they, they have nothing else inside to stop Zion Williamson and those guys. Let's see how that plays out and whether it's uh, – can Buffalo mm-hmm. get to the Sweet 16? I've got Texas Tech in the Final Four, Deshaun. Do not have Texas Tech go out on Sunday. I can't have that <laughs> in my bracket. Let's see what happens with Chris Beard's team. This is going to be a lot of fun, my friend. We can't wait to watch all of this unfold, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I can't wait, wait either. I, I didn't expect Buffalo to take care of business the way that they did in that game. And, again, like I said, one of those reasons I told you I don't trust Tennessee, I mean – Hey, I, 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 I don't know anything about Colgate except for the toothpaste that I used right and early in the morning. So outside of that, that's just about all that I have. But it's going to be really intriguing to see 
this matchup between Taco Fall and Zion Williams and the way that they're going to get out into forget about just getting him in foul trouble. He's going to be huffing and puffing like nobody else's business because of the simple fact that this is Duke is one of the best teams in the country at getting out into transition. I think that they're going to make him pay. And obviously Dawkins uh, is, is is a former uh, a former assistant of yep. Coach K, so that makes it a little bit more interesting. Will be fun. It's all interesting. Again, Tate's Take Sports on social media. Love Deshaun Tate's insight. Let's go with eight more games Saturday, eight more games Sunday. Deshaun, thank you. I appreciate the time. Thank you so much at Tate's Take Sports. T-A-T-E-S-T-A-K-E on Twitter. Thanks. There you go. 16 games coming up on the weekend. Again, you may already know the Saturday results if you're listening on Sunday. Eight more coming on Sunday. We'll know the field of 16 that will be left for the four regional sites and head to Minneapolis by the time Sunday night is done. My thanks to Mark Wise spending time with me uh, previewing all of the games this weekend. Mark does a great job with the ESPN Family of Networks Florida Gators radio broadcast. You may already know what the Gators did or didn't do against Michigan State, but Mark will be back on the Monday edition of this show to help me recap the weekend. Great job by Deshaun Tate in Atlanta. Tate's Take Sports. Uh, Check him out on social media and also with 92.9 the uh, FM Sports Radio Station in Atlanta, 92.9 The Game. Love his insight on the show as well. Enjoy all of the games as everything unfolds and we narrow down to 16 teams. We'll be back to talk about it on Monday. Subscribe to this show. iTunes, Stitcher, and College Basketball Coast to Coast will come to you automatically Monday when we have a new show. Our thanks to our friends at Spreaker.com and also CBBToday.com for helping publicize the podcast. I am merely TJ Reeves. Enjoy the hoops. Can't wait for all the games to unfold and we will talk to you as uh, the Sweet 16 is set coming next week as part of College Basketball Coast to Coast. Bye.